culture. It's what defines us. It's what makes us special. And every retailer has some kind of implicit culture that they're selling. But today's guest works with a company that aims to be its nation's all-around culture store. Today, we're talking with Jim McClellan, VP of Real Estate at Indigo. And live from Toronto, it's where we buy. Awesome. You're listening to Where We Buy, the show about the things we buy and the places we buy them. We are recording live in front of a studio audience at the Metro Toronto Convention Center on the stage at ICSC Canadian Conference. My name is James Cook. I research retail and real estate for JLL. As you know, Where We Buy is a show where we talk with retail experts and visit shopping spots across the nation. Jim, welcome to Where We Buy. Thanks very much, James. We are happy to have you. Indigo is a favorite store of mine in Canada, so I'm really excited to talk to you about it. For our listeners who may not have been to Indigo before, what's I walk in the store, what do I see, what am I buying? Well, that's a great uh, comment, and I just want to correct one thing. Oh. It's not just Canada. We have our first store in the U.S. We just opened in Short Hills, New Jersey. Oh, man. <laughs> I was going to get to that. That's I know, I gotta awesome. Jump the gun. I got to jump the gun. Oh. Um, no, so when you walk into an Indigo, it's really, we define it as a cultural department store, which I, it might sound a little bit, try, might sound a little bit confusing, but we are um, a, a cultural experience for a book lover. Right. So you walk in, the first thing you're going to see, you're going to see books, you're going to see uh, titles, you're going to see colorful pictures of things, but you're also going to see homeware, you're going to see kids' toys, you're going to see baby clothes, you're going to see a whole experience, like everything that your family would want to either have for themselves or give to somebody else. It's about buying something nice for myself, buying gifts for others. What you're describing, I would call almost like shop in shops. Is that so? It's like a collection of those. Th that's a very fair way to put it. Like we think it, of everything that we have in our stores, it's it's a curated selection of of uh, not just hard goods, but really experiential things, things that bring you a little bit of joy. Actually, our mission statement is to bring a little bit of joy to our customers' lives and those and the people that they interact with, whether it's through the products or through the experience itself within our stores. Uh, you really have to come into a store to experience what we are bringing to the to, to, to the consumer. And so you've got, you've got I know you've got flagship stores because I've been to a few of them. Tell me about sizes like and you've got probably a smaller fleet as well so we have um, roughly 90 of our large format stores uh, those are generally in the 25,000 square foot range we have as small as uh, you know 18,000 square feet and we have some as large as 40,000 square feet but 25,000 is really the sweet spot to get that full experience of what indigo has to offer we also have about 110 smaller format stores uh, those are branded as Coles and indigo spirit and they're really sort of the you know if indigo uh, the large format stores of the cultural department store. This is kind of the cultural uh, convenience center, right? So uh, it's a little quick shop, um, you know, books primarily, little gift items, but uh, it's just a little little taste of, of what Indigo has to offer. That's interesting, the term cultural department store. It's interesting because the term department store, at least south of the border in the States, is kind of a dirty word right uh, now. Agreed. Not a dirty word, but they're hurting a little bit. What 
what makes sort of the decision to latch onto that department store concept? Is that because you're Canadian and department stores aren't as aren't hurting as much? No, I, I don't think that's that's it. I think what we're trying to show is it's just a little taste of everything. Where you know the department stores, I think have struggled. My opinion only uh, have struggled because they're trying to be everything to everybody. Right? We're not trying to be that. We're really trying to be that curated, specialized little little taste of what's the best of everything. So, for example, you walk into one of our flagship stores, you'll see. Uh, um, and the joy, of it, the joy of the table section, which is kind of uh, cookbooks and uh, you know, kitchen cooking accessories, you'll see one place setting of beautiful place with, uh, uh, tableware. But you won't see 15 different shades of the same thing. You won't see uh, you know 20 different brands. You'll see one. And it's just a taste. But here's what we think is the best in that particular experience. That's what we're really trying to give people. So, you know, you won't necessarily come to us first if you're looking for a set of dishes. But if you're in there trying to experience the beauty and the joy of, of what we have, you might see something really pretty and go, oh, I want that. Or that, that would be great for a gift for my in-laws or something like that. That's, that's really what we're going for. So, the, the, you know, the cultural department store is kind of a bit of a thing we coined maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago. Our founder, Heather Reisman, uh, came up with it. And, and again, we're not trying to be everything to everybody. We're just trying to have that real special little taste of it. So if I'm shopping online, I quickly get overwhelmed by choices and I don't even know where to start. Yeah. So the idea of walking in and somebody's not showing me a hundred uh, whatevers, but just the best of the category. That's it. That is really appealing to me. Yeah, our merchants uh, do an amazing job of sourcing products. We have a lot of products that are, you know, national brands. Everybody's familiar with Lego as an example. Uh, but we also have a curated selection of things that are really unique to Indigo. So we have our own Indigo product line where we develop the products ourselves in-house. You can't get it anywhere else. And, and that's what we try to do that job of, you know, I don't. I won't speak for anybody else, but myself. I hate shopping. I hate going to the malls and wander around, especially around. Hey, you're the on the wrong stuff. podcast, buddy. I know. I know. Um, but but you know, you, you have that desperation. You know, I, I always think like leading up to, to Christmas, for example. It's, you know, the 24th. I'm wandering around the mall like a zombie, going, "Oh my god, what am I going to get this person?" And you go into an Indigo, and everything that you pick up feels like it's been specially picked for you or for that person that you're thinking of. And, and that's again, our merchants do an amazing job of just finding those products, finding that stuff. And putting it out there and you go, wow, this is just perfect for John or Mary or Beth. Does Indigo consider itself the Canadian, a Canadian culture or is it? And I'm asking this because, you know, as you move south of the border, you know, do you have to change, tweak the culture at all? No, I mean, I mean, we're obviously very proud to be Canadian, um, but we really just appeal to everybody. Think of it. This is probably more of an American saying, but that the family values that that really is what what kind of our value system is. It, it's friends, family, togetherness. Uh, it's having dinners together. It's reading to your kids. It, it's that, that that family experience. And that's really what we're kind of all about. So as we as we move into, as I mentioned earlier, our first store in Short Hills, you know, we, we we did one store intentionally. We're not trying to be 50 stores in one year and be everything to everybody. You know, we, we started slowly. We're going to keep moving slowly and just say, hey, we think this works. Does this resonate with you? And so far, it, it seems to be resonating with people. And we're happy about that. You know, we don't see that border as an obstacle. We see that border as an opportunity. You know, I think we all share common values. And that's what we're really appealing to. So uh, Short Hill's Great mall. Um, what made you say that's going to be our first U.S. location? <laughs> it, it was it was tough, honestly, to, to pick what is your first. Because your first is always special. It's important. And people are going to be judging you based on what you pick and how you do there. Um, with Short Hills, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic center. 
Um, it's got a great customer demographic. The Tobin Group is a great landlord slash developer. Um, and, you know, we looked at a lot of different markets. We knew through the Northeast kind of made sense for us. It just felt kind of familiar, felt like, you know, we have a lot in common. Um, so that particular center, you know, we did a lot of demographic analysis. Again, our, our, our target, I keep saying family, because that really is what we're all about. So, you know, we wanted a demographic that has, you know, lots of, uh, uh, you know, parents with kids, uh, you know, obviously income's important, education's important, uh, but really it was finding a, a center and a location, a geographic location where uh, it really, really felt family first. And that, that's what we're finding with Short Hills. When are you going to open your second U.S. store? Well, we're still looking right now. Uh, and again, as I say, we're intentionally being measured and slow in our approach. We're, we're not trying to go in and you know blitz it with fifty different uh, locations at once. Um, you know, we we are looking for the second one. We have a couple in mind. Uh, can't obviously disclose what it is yet because we haven't signed the deal. Um, but it will probably be in that that sort of general northeast region. Uh, it'll be likely in a center that is. Um, you know, high traffic, high profile, very visible, and uh, we're, we're really excited. I can't wait to come back and announce where we're going to go. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm hoping it's in my area. Um, I live in the Midwest, so probably not. It'll be a while, but we're coming. You're moving in the States. What's the competitive set? I mean, your competitor is really in the States going to be like a Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys kind of really distinguish yourselves as a cultural department store as, a, as opposed to, like, you don't feel like a library, you right. know? Do you find that your competitors are other actual department stores, toy stores? Uh, it, it's, it's funny because we're, we're in, in Canada, we've had the, the, you know, the very good fortune of really being in our own little category. There's no other national book retailer. And again, I want to make it very clear, while books are at the core, it's not all that we have to offer. We have so much more. And you really, again, for, for the, your listeners who haven't actually been into an Indigo yet, I hope you take the opportunity because it really is something more than just your neighborhood bookstore. Um, so when we, as we move into the, the United States, obviously we see Barnes & Noble as a competitor. Um, but you know, we feel that we're just a little bit different. In this world where you know, the Amazons, where you can go online, if you know the thing you want, you can get that anywhere. I don't care who you are. Somebody is going to sell it for less than you're selling it for. So you know, while we have an online presence, and I'm going to come back to your point here, but you know, when we have an online presence, it's very important to be able to fulfill orders in that, uh, you know, the, the ease of the digital world. I mean, if you're on your phone, you're on your laptop or your tablet, whatever, uh, you need to be able to order that thing. For us, it, it's actually the experience. It's walking into the store. So when you walk into an Indigo, uh, and this is no disrespect to Barnes & Noble, but you walk into a Barnes & Noble, it's a t- tremendously different experience. Um, so I think that's what we're really trying to show the, you know, the, the consumer and the general public is just, just walk in the door. And it's funny. Um, so I have a 12-year-old son. And you can walk into an Indigo with, with an 8-year-old or an 80-year-old or anything in between. And some, every, each person will find something that they love, something to occupy their time. Um, so that's, that's really what we're bringing. So I, as we move into the States, um, I think we're bringing that just a little bit different. That thing is just a little, you know, when I talk to landlords, um, we're, we see ourselves and, we're, and the landlord community sees us more as almost an amenity in a, in a sense, kind of like a cinema or a restaurant where, you know, people come in and they just want to experience the store. Um, a lot of landlords now are looking at things like dwell times, right? And you know, how long does a customer spend in the store, spend in the center? We're finding that our dwell, time, dwell times on average are anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour. 
And it's literally people just walking through and touching things and picking up books and picking up um, toys or, or blankets or, or the coffee mugs. Like, they're just everything they want to touch and feel. And you rarely walk out with only what you came in for. It sounds to me like you're not even sure what you're coming in for. It's all a sense of discovery. So we're seeing a lot of retailers right now adding different food and beverage options. Have you guys toyed with that or with coffee or anything yeah. like that? So, so in Canada, we have a, a great partnership with Starbucks. Um, they are obviously world class. Everybody knows who they are. Um, and that's been a really good partnership, I think, for both sides. Um, so every, pretty much every large format store in Canada that you go into an Indigo or Chapters, uh, you will find a Starbucks. And we find a lot of folks, they come in, they kind of get their coffee, they get their snack, whatever, they lounge around, they walk into the store, they wander, they pick up a book or a magazine or something, they read through it, browse through it, and inevitably they, they go and they purchase it, which is great. Um, in Short Hills, um, we tried something a little bit different. So we did our own cafe. Uh, so Cafe Indigo there. And it's a, it's a beautiful experience. Uh, again, for your, for your listeners who are in the area, pop in, check it out. Um, and it feels very Parisian in a sense, right? It's beautiful finishes, beautiful marble countertops. Uh, again, curated selection. of We have a partnership in, in that store with La Colombe. So uh, we've got their, their well-known coffee brand and, and food experiences. It, it's just something special. But, but the food and beverage integration really is critical. That, that really is part of the, the experience that, that we're offering. Talking a little bit more about sort of the different store in stores, um, I know I was reading that, um, don't you guys have um, uh, an American Girl uh, store in store, which is a fantastic brand? We do. And it's been very, very uh, successful for us and for American Girl in, in return. So we have... Um, I think it's about eight stores now uh, where we have the American Girl store in store. Um, you know, they've been they've been a great partner, uh, great product, really obviously in demand. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we obviously intend to continue that relationship. Uh, one of the things that we're introducing, you know, as I mentioned uh, before, the family experience is very critical, very important to, to us and what we what we hope to bring to our customers. So you're, we already have a kind of a sub store within the store called Indigo Kids. And, you know, it's 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 physically delineated or separated generally within the stores as an area. Hey, this is a fun place for kids to come hang out. So it's it's got obviously the books and toys, but it's got, you know, the, the Thomas the Train tables, for example, are an area where you can build Lego. Um, we have gift wrapping and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's, a fun, it's a fun kind of experiential thing. One of the other things that we do in the, in the kids section within the stores, uh, we often will have children's author, authors come in. So, for example, in Short Hills, um, we had Dave Pilkey, who for those of you with kids, you know, Captain Underpants and all that, he came in and did, did a book signing and a reading, uh, which was tremendous success. So, you know, we're always bringing in that experience. And that's why I say, well, while you can buy the product online, it's not the same as getting the experience in store. How much programming do you guys do? Oh. Do you have events all the time? All the time. All the time. And again, um, it's everything from in a, your local kind of indigo store. You might have an author that maybe is not the most world-renowned However, in our flagship stores, for example, uh, not too long ago, we had Bruce Springsteen come in and did a book signing for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, you know, we'll have uh, Nigella Lawson, we'll have um, Leonard Cohen had come in before. Like, it, it's just the, the whole mix of people that will come in and do uh, either book signings or readings or some kind of experiential thing. And, and it's, it's really, really amazing. 
beyond those sort of author events and signings, are you doing like, are there any community meetups, that kind of stuff? Yeah. So, so one of the things, again, that whole experiential element of the store is we really want to be that that hub of the community, right? A meeting place. So we, we will do things like we'll host um, uh, kids' birthday parties. We'll do things where we'll have meditation sessions. Uh, we'll bring in folks, uh, you know, to, 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 again, do, do things for families and for kids or for a special interest part of the community. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example off the top of my head here, but, um, you know, we had, um, we'll have somebody come in, for example, and do like a cooking class in some of our stores, uh, which is just a little bit different. You wouldn't think of that, oh, it's a bookstore. What's this cooking class? But again, it's all about that experience. It's all about sharing uh, the togetherness with your family. Now, I imagine not too long ago, you were probably making some good money selling music. Yeah. Do you still sell music? Do people still buy music? We do. And actually, it's funny because uh, we've seen a real, and I think not just us, but a lot of, a lot of retailers are seeing the same thing um, where, you know, nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, I still do. Uh, very few people, they'll go out and buy like a CD or buy uh, a DVD or a Blu-ray disc anymore. But what we're really finding is we have a selection of record albums, for example, like vinyl records. And it's, it's amazing how that's, that's resurged. It, it, it's, it's come out of nowhere. So again, in our larger stores, we'll, we'll have a selection of vinyl and, and you won't believe it. You know, a, a few years ago, and I'll, go, I'll come back to the record thing in a second, but a few years ago, we just said books are dead, right? When the digital e-readers came out, um, and we have our, our own uh, Kobo brand that uh, we, we started. Um, but everybody said, okay, books are dead. Millennials will not want to read books. And I'll tell you, book sales amongst millennials are, are incredible. And part of it, I think, is maybe some nostalgia. Part of it is just unplugging from, from your device. You're on your device all day long. And even a 20-something, you know, at some point, is enough. I just need a break from this thing. Uh, it also doesn't hurt to say that when you have an actual physical book in front of you, very Instagrammable. So <laughs> you can't do that with an e-reader. Um, but back to the vinyl, I think that's part of why the vinyl records uh, have resurfaced. It's just... That tangible thing, there's, there's an experiential element of it. You have to pick the needle up, you put it down the record, you listen to a whole sigh of an album. You don't just kind of fast forward through whatever song comes up, oh, I don't like that one, go to the next one, because it's not easy. There's an effort to it. And I think people really resonate with that, putting some effort into things. Yeah, and if you're, you know, you're a fan of a band, you, you can't show that you're a fan through your Spotify subscription. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, if you have this big old honking album on your wall or on a shelf, even if you don't ever listen to it, even if you only listen to it on Spotify, it's like it's like uh, it's proof that it's a statement. That, yeah, that it's uh, of, of who you are and what you're into. Exactly. And uh, then you get older and you realize how much these albums weigh. <laughs> when you have to move. <laughs> right. Uh, which I've, I have done in the past. So I'm trying to shrink down the, uh, the number of albums that I have. You know, I'm just endlessly fascinated by the possibilities at Indigo. Any new thing comes up, you guys can instantly jump on it yeah. and do a little mini store. Any any other interesting things you guys have recently found success with? Well, one thing I will say, and I'm, I might be kind of jumping the gun a little bit, but I'll give you a little taste of it. Um, we, as I mentioned before, we have uh, a very strong Indigo Kids store within a store department. Um, we see a real opportunity, uh, again, it's not just about selling, but it's about delivering, a, uh, satisfying a demand that, that we're hearing from our customers. So, you know, I think that whole 
kids and baby segment, I think is going to be very, very important for us. So I'll just say stay tuned and, and see what's coming next. All right. We're going to have to have you back <laughs> to talk about all these new developments, especially when you guys have some more U.S. stores that we can we can we talk will. about. So put on your prognosticating hat for a minute. Let's say 20 years in the future. Um, what is Indigo? How has it changed? How has it not changed? Well, and that's, it's, it's, that's the, obviously the million dollar question, right? So I will say that no matter what comes, Indigo will at its core always be uh, a book lover's safe and happy place. Uh, we will always have books at our core, no matter what's happening. I, will, I can tell you that over the years, um, as we've evolved with a product offering, you know, we went from uh, books being, say, in a large format store, 70, 75% of not only the physical space within the store, but sales. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to that, you know, 60, 40, even 50, 50 at some point. So I think at some point down the road, again, books will always be at the core of the experience. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if that... Um, aspirational lifestyle element just continues to grow. Obviously, we're going to continue to invest heavily into the, the kids and baby and family experiential piece. Um, we'd love to do more. You mentioned earlier about the food and beverage piece. Uh, again, Starbucks has been a, a phenomenal, fantastic partner. We want to we want to grow with that. We want to grow with them. Uh, we've experienced we've had discussions about things like would we do maybe a wine bar or some kind of thing like that early days and, and obviously we want to have to work closely with Starbucks on how that might deliver and they, they kind of toyed with it as well but I can I can see that might be an element of, of who we are um, the physical retail though I think at the end of the day will always be a big part of who we are because we can't as I mentioned several times you can't deliver the experience online uh, and as people get less and less um, I find as I get older you need less stuff right you don't need to accumulate as much as, as you do when, when you're starting out um, so a lot of the products that we're going to, to be offering will be more experiential things you know come into the store and experience something whatever that thing might be whether it's a cooking class or even as a gift item it might be something that you give an experience to someone. Uh, and that's where I think we're, we're heading and that's where I think we're going. And uh, it, it, I just can't, I can't wait to find out for myself where we're going to end up. So if you think of Indigo as a series of happy places for different yep. people, different segments, what's your happy place in Indigo? Where are you drawn to? So I, I have always been a bit of a book nerd, um, you know, and it's, but again, I've, I've gone through the phase where you read the classic literature because you have to. I find I'm such a trash novel guy. I love the Stephen Kings of the world and the Dan Browns. Um, so I go in there and I can just wander through the, you know, the, the mystery of thriller section. I can just browse there for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, that's so funny you, you bring that up because I was thinking about when I was a kid, when I would go to the library or a bookstore, I would often go to the Stephen King section. Yeah. And I don't know what the allure was like. I was pretty young. These books were fat, so yep. that was cool. Yep. There were also swear words in them, which was cool. And they're scary, so yep. then you can't sleep at night. But yeah, I, I totally hear you. I love, yeah, I was in the Vancouver uh, flagship. Not the Robson Street store? Yeah, yeah, Robson Street. Beautiful. Oh, uh, one of my favorite uh, photographers, uh, Edward Bertinsky, yes. who had this big print on the wall. I was yep. blown away. I was like, these guys are so cool. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because obviously when we, when we built that store uh, about a year or so ago, um, we really wanted to try to, to 
embrace the feel, the West Coast feel. And really, every part of the country, Canada and the U.S., but every part of the country has a little bit of its own kind of special feel. And yeah, the Bertinsky on, uh, mural on the wall with the trees is it's just uh, something special. And, and, and Heather, Heather Reisman, again, our founder, she has, a, she has quite a, an affinity for uh, Bertinsky's work. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it wasn't cheap to get that done, but it, it just felt special, felt important. So I'm glad I'm glad you appreciated that. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so we could we could nerd out all day, but we are uh, running out of time. So Jim, uh, I want to thank you, Jim McClellan, with Indigo for joining us Thanks, today. Jim. It's been fascinating, and uh, I do want to check in with you in about 12 months and see Perfect. where we're at. All right. For our listeners out there, if you've got a comment on today's show, you can leave us a message on the Where We Buy hotline, and we'll use your voice in an upcoming show. Give us a call at 602-633-4061. Be sure to tell us your name and where you're calling from. You can hear more interviews, audio retail tours, and new research in insights by subscribing to Where We Buy on the iPhone podcast app, on Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast. Just search for Where We Buy and hit subscribe. Or you can go to our website, which is wherewebuy.show. And I want to give a special thank you to ICSC that made this live podcast possible. And that's a wrap. Awesome.